listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Tuesday, the 26th of July, 2022. Later, we'll check in on the wine industry, but first to the used car market because prices are finally on the decline after being up more than 40% at one point at one point in 2021. Moody's Analytics says used car prices are now falling and will decline by 11% in 2023. For more, I spoke earlier with Moody's Katrina L. Katrina, how would you describe the market for used cars at the moment and how do prices compare? Yeah, that's a good question. So at the moment, we're seeing that used vehicle prices, I mean, they've seen an incredible run up over the the course of the pandemic as a result of that, you know, that semiconductor shortage that has affected global supply of new vehicles. And so it's pushed people to, to purchase used vehicles at an unprecedented level. But finally, in June, we did see some relief. So we saw that used vehicle prices actually retreated. And that was significant because it was the first monthly retreat since September. And what's really driven that is we're finally seeing that there's increased imports of new vehicles coming into Australia. And because of that increased supply of new vehicles, that demand for used vehicles is starting to to ease up a bit. But I mean, it's really important to keep that um, monthly decline in context because used vehicle prices are still almost 16% higher than they were a year ago. What about things like the East Coast floods, for example, in Australia? How has that played through? So in the in the March quarter, as a result of the, the flooding, we have seen that um, it, it did push a lot of people um, and unexpectedly to purchase new and used vehicles. And so that did lead to a temporary surge in demand just because there was that significant destruction of, of used vehicles. I mean, we saw about you know, you know, thousands of vehicles that were destroyed as a result of the floods. And so that, that temporary demand surge did impact used vehicles, used vehicle prices early in the, the June quarter. So what's the outlook for prices now? So we are expecting that used vehicle prices have actually peaked. So we're expecting that the June quarter is the the peak in prices and we will see used vehicles continue to come down from the third quarter onwards. And there's several drivers here. The first is that that the semiconductor shortage and the impact of the pandemic that initially drove that, that surge in used vehicle prices as a result of limited new vehicles has started to ease back. And also the demand environment in Australia is expected to be cooling as well. I mean, if you're looking at the Australian economy, we're seeing that borrowing costs are rising. We're also seeing that inflation is incredibly high. So that's really putting significant pressure on households. And that means that they're going to be holding off on discretionary purchases. They're going to be holding off upgrading or or purchasing additional vehicles. And so that means that it's cooling demand for both new and used vehicles, just as we're seeing that increased supply come online too. So basically the the peak in prices has passed and expect ongoing cooling in used vehicle prices finally. Katrina Earl there from Moody's Analytics and she mentioned that slowing economy. We'll get some details of the economy tomorrow with the consumer price index for the June quarter out. Of course, a lot of other economic news to come out also and it comes as the Australian share market rose today 0.3%, 6,807. Not a lot of volumes because investors are waiting for more data. I spoke about that with Tony Sycamore from City Index.
Coming out later this week, we have a slew of earnings reports from megatech US companies, Microsoft, Amazon, Meta, you name it. We also have US GDP data, and there is the potential for a second consecutive negative print, which would fill the definition for a technical recession. So that's something to keep an eye out for. But the big one will be the FOMC meeting, which comes out Thursday morning our time. And the market is looking for a 75 basis point rate hike and for the Fed to remain hawkish, which could continue to unsettle markets, given the risk of recession seems to be increasing with very weak leading data last week. We've also got CPI data, inflation tomorrow for Australia. How is all of that likely to impact the way the market trades? Right, tucked in neatly between all that US event risk, there is Australian quarter two inflation data. The market's looking for headline inflation inflation data to rise to 6.2%, which would be the highest rate since 2001. Now, what is important for this particular data set is if it comes in as expected, it virtually guarantees the RBA, when they meet next week, will raise rates by 50 basis points. However, if the print is higher than forecast, and if the Fed is hawkish on Thursday morning, you could see the RBA raise rates next week by a higher than expected amount. It could be upwards of 75 basis points. Some corporate news today. Maya expecting uh, financial year sales to be up double digits, expecting its best results since 2018. Sales in July up around 16.5% on the previous corresponding period. Surely given impending rate rises, inflation, the consumer can't be that confident so this continues, right? Even not just for Maya, but across the retail sector. It's an incredible performance by Maya, more so because US retail giant Walmart put out another earnings warning after the hour, after the market closed this morning. Maya's share price has shrunk that off. It's up 20% based on the expectations of a doubling of FY2022 uh, trading profits or, or earnings results. Now, it is absolutely incredible, as you mentioned, given the fact we're also in the midst of a very aggressive RBA tightening cycle. We're seeing these big US retail giants put out warning after warning about earnings. So it's an astounding result there by Maya. It does seem to be driven partly by their online trading presence. And that's certainly been something they've worked on over the past two to three years. So that appears to be paying off in droves as well. Just finally, today, the likes of Zip doing very, very well. Do we know why? Absolutely. Well, Zip's rebounded from 50 cents at the start of this month to back above a dollar, which is the highest level we've seen in two and a half months. Now, the reason behind Zip's rally is twofold. Firstly, they have walked away or terminated the deal with rival buy now, pay later company Sezzle. So that was very well received by the market. Secondly, in a trading update last week, they updated their trading forecast or their revenue numbers, which was a good sign, but they also have reported a large rise in customer numbers as well. So all of those things working in Zip's favour today, up above a dollar for the first time, as we said, since May. Tony Sycamore there from City Index. From the share market, let's go to the wine industry where it's been hit pretty hard by Chinese tariffs on Aussie imports. Wine Australia says export volumes have declined by 10% in the 2021-22 financial year, meaning that export volumes have tumbled 19% to just under $2.1 billion and exports to China have plummeted. For more, I spoke earlier with Peter Bailey from Wine Australia. And the export figures are reflective really of a really unprecedentedly hot, tough um, market conditions over the past 18 months, which included high tariffs on bottled Australian wine imported to China, 
uh, the continuing impact of the global freight crisis and also a counter swing in some markets after COVID-19 related stockpiling in 2020-21. Can we talk China just for a moment? How significant a market is China and the fact that it's virtually closed, how has it impacted it? And is there any future optimism about China, I guess, reclaiming that that mantle of being uh, one of the places where wine is most exported to? Look, China is still an important market for Australian wine. You know, over many years, Australian wine companies have developed close relationships with importers, um, buyers, consumers of Australian wine in China, and these relationships remain important to our, our wine community here. However, um, there has been a steep reduction in Australia's wine exports to China um, following the imposition of those significant import tariffs back in November 2020. So Australian exports have fallen from $1.2 billion back then to $25 million in the 12 months into June 2022. And it's dropped from our number one um, wine export destination by value to number 15. And also the number of exporters shipping Australian wine to China has dropped from over 2,000 to 143. But that said, you know, the Australia is um, still a very uh, highly valued uh, wine in, in the Chinese market amongst the consumers there. What kind, of, what kind of other encouraging signs are there through this data, other markets, for example? Um, we do actually export to 113 destinations around the globe. So if you exclude mainland China from the figures, um, exports increased in value by 5% to $2.06 billion, and that's the highest value since 2009-10. And the most significant growth um, came from exports to Southeast Asia to markets such as Singapore, Malaysia and Thailand, but also to other destinations such as the United States, uh, New Zealand and India. And while they declined to the United Kingdom and Canada, um, there was really strong growth to those markets in premium price segments. And what kinds of wines are doing well? Um, So while red wines did decline overall, um, that was mainly due to the decline in exports to China, which were predominantly red. Um, But the red wines are growing strongly to the United States, which is our biggest market, and also to a range of other markets such as Singapore, New Zealand, Malaysia, Thailand, and and quite a few others. And in terms of red varieties, um, there was growth in higher-priced Shiraz and Cabernet Sauvignon, but also in lighter styles such as Pinot Noir and Grenache. And then if you're looking at white wines, um, they grew in value over the last 12 months. And for still whites, you know, the growth was strongest in Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc and Pinot Grigio. And, you know, for whites, there was growth to most of our, our markets, including our two biggest, the US and UK. And there was also growth in sparkling wine exports over the last 12 months as well. Peter Bailey there from Wine Australia. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.